On the block, on demand. They don't know about the kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay, not 10. 25-footer, yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin, Stone Cold! Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win by 20! The Bills make me want to Taylor, going to take a shot, throwing in zone, he's got weapons, touchdown! They didn't look into your heart, they didn't look into my heart! The Boston Red Sox are world champions! This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. ESPN Radio 97.7 100.1 ESPN Radio Utica Rome. What's happening in Mohawk Valley? Always a pleasure. Got the great people. Utica in the Mohawk Valley listening. Perhaps you're listening on the internets. They do have it on computers now. It's a beautiful thing. ESPNSyracuse.com, the ESPN app. Another great way to take us with you wherever you go. While you're going through Lights on the Lake, while you are going to Wegmans, while you are walking through Armory Square, wherever you are, just don't take us in the bathroom. That's kind of gross. Anywhere else, though, anywhere else, that's that's fair game. On that ESPN app, hit the Listen tab, find ESPN Syracuse, and off you go. It would be kind of creepy if I was talking to you in the bathroom, right? I mean, we've got to draw a line somewhere, people. 437-7644, that's the phone number. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. And the text line is 2880644 Jam Pack Thursday edition of the program. We are so glad you're here for it. We'd love to hear from you as well. We have a couple guests joining us throughout the afternoon. Sale Capaccio. Sale Capaccio. Sale Capaccio. Our friend, your friend, everybody's friend from WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Will join us later this hour. We'll talk some Bills football. Talk some NFL football. Sales big Syracuse guy, too. I'm sure he'll have a thought or two on SU hoops and football. So we'll bring our buddy Sale on here a little later on this hour. Next hour, Jim Beheim, head coach of the Orange. Heard of that guy? He will join us for his weekly chat here on the block. Looking forward to previewing the Kansas game and getting last thoughts on the Maryland game and the stretch that Syracuse basketball is in with the head coach. And then later on in the program next hour, Carl Gehring, Butch, goalie coach and one of the most popular players in Syracuse Crunch history, will join us. Crunch are white hot. See, it's all about that goal song. Howard Dolgan got rid of that awful goal song that they had beforehand. Put in a little dropkick Murphys, boom shakalaka. The Crunch have been white hot since. We will talk to Carl about his return to Syracuse, how things are going Coaching so far, the goalie situation, which has already changed for him this season, and other than the goal song, of course, why the Crunch are white hot, having won four in a row. They'll be home this weekend, by the way, so you should go watch some Crunch hockey or listen to it right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Okay, we got all that to come. I, I, you know, listen, I I put as much effort as possible and enjoy every segment of the show, but I, I really like what we got lined up for hot takes today. So I hope you listen to that later on this hour. Here's here's just a just a just a snip, just a little bit of a snipper of it. Sing us a song you 
song tonight. That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. Oh, yeah. We're burning today, baby. But here's where I want to start. Now, this is a very interesting thing because stick to sports has become a very popular expression these days. And typically, that is when somebody like me or on ESPN or whatever the case may be, talks about, say, the president of the United States. Yay, democracy. Or goes down a road like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee that people just don't want to deal with. Well, in this case, we are going to mix life and sports, politics and sports, taxes and sports, and it affects you. It directly affects you as a Syracuse University sports fan. So this is not one of those hot-button issues that you cannot tell me to stick to sports on because technically I am sticking to sports. It's a community-based thing that affects you. I feel like I have to give that disclaimer at the beginning here because here's what happened. If you didn't see, my good friend and colleague Chris Carlson wrote a great piece about this at Syracuse.com. Chancellor Ken Severud of Syracuse University wrote a letter to our local congressman, John Katko. And in that letter, which you can read for yourself, and the story is up at Syracuse.com, so check it out. And you can click right in that story and find the letter itself. I don't want to read the whole thing to you. But in this letter, Chancellor Severud says, in his opinion, and lays out the reasons why, that the proposed tax bill that is out there, the GOP tax bill, could hurt Syracuse athletics overall and could affect the carrier dome renovation, amongst other things that he lays out here. As Chris writes, the letter dated November 20th primarily focused on the harm to students who would lose tax credits and deductions, university employees who would have some benefits taxed for the first time. Also noted, the potential downside for Syracuse Athletics and, quote, the economic model that supports a bold carrier dome renovation. Among the tax deductions eliminated in the House version of the bill is one that allows fans to write off a significant amount of their spending on Syracuse University sports as a charitable contribution. Syracuse, like other programs, requires its fans to make donations to universities in exchange for the right to buy season tickets in premium sections and obtain various other perks. While the price of tickets is not considered tax-deductible, the donation to a nonprofit organization is so let's stop here for a moment somebody listening to me right now be it live right now on the radio later on the podcast or whenever it is just did a double take just stopped and said whoa wait a minute because that affects you somebody listening to me and i would hope it's more than one person but if it's just you sir or ma'am this is for you no a lot of you listening right now that affects you because you do pay for that and you do like the tax write-off that you get from it you get what you pay for in sports right and sometimes you pay a little bit more this is what you invest your money in your time and your money this is what you people that work hard and save money and you know some people go on vacations and some people you know save their money all year long for certain things for pleasure and if you're lucky enough to do all those things great but there are some people out there and and i want to get into various economic discussions here but this is going to affect a lot of people listening to me right now in syracuse new york let me give you a few more details on this if you're somebody's like wait what's that you know like or just a reminder in case you as i told chris i knew that then i forgot it then i remembered it thanks to you 
Syracuse requires a $295 donation for the right to buy the best seats in the Carrier Dome for football, $800 for the best seats in basketball. It also charges anywhere from $44 to $50,000 for various memberships in the Orange Club, which allows fans opportunities to buy tickets to road games, bowl games, hey, remember those? Postseason basketball tournaments and VIP access. Under the current tax code, 80% of that donation can be considered a charitable contribution and count towards a tax write-off. In essence, a portion of those purchases are being subsidized by the general public. You're welcome. So Kent Severud lays it out and writes to Catco saying why this current tax plan as it stands would not be a good idea for how our model exists, which brings up a number of questions. Is that the right model? Should I have to pay those fees that I just brought up to have access to those premium seats? And Chris has a poll up right now on Syracuse.com about whether we as ticket buyers should get tax breaks at all for going to a sporting event, which with Syracuse is an interesting discussion because Syracuse is a private school. And there's a lot of people out there that like to donate to universities. It's a noble cause especially people that have the success in life to be millionaires or billionaires. Quite often you will hear this. People work hard their entire life. They get to a certain age. They scale back. They look. They've accumulated a vast amount of money. And they say to themselves, is this going to be my legacy? Or am I going to do something that will have a lasting impact? So what they will quite often do is donate to their alma mater. And in some cases, and I don't want to, you know, single out anybody. But I think of a sports example, David Falk is a good example of this. One of the most successful agents in the history of sports. NBA agent had all the big stars and continues to have some big stars to this day. He put his name on, donates to, is on the board of directors and is heavily involved in the David Falk School of Sports Management at Syracuse University, right? So there are many David Falks of the world out there that do this at various universities. Well, all of us don't have David Falk money, but we can say to ourselves, well, I consider this my donation to Syracuse University. I cannot donate to the school itself, or maybe I don't choose to donate to the school itself for the general good. I want to support athletics. I think athletics is a part of the general school mission. I think that's my best way to donate to a university, support a cause, and if I get a nice tax write-off because of it, because of how things are structured then great. Hearing this as somebody who does it, if you're listening to me right now and you fit in that category, if that goes away, would you not do it? Or are you too invested, too into it, too big of a fan that you certainly wouldn't be happy about it, but you would still do it? Tax write-offs are a big incentive for things like this. They shouldn't be. We should want to donate to charitable causes, not because you get a nice little write-off on it, but because it helps people, which, thankfully, I'm going to put my faith in most of us do, right? But I think we're kidding ourselves here if we did not say and put it out there and recognize that a tax write-off is motivation for people to do these things sometimes. When there's so many great charitable causes out there, I don't want to single one out over the other, but they will sell that in the Orange Club website, as a matter of fact. Syracuse notes that the tax write-off is the number two benefit of the donation. 
just below supporting the student-athletes. It is considered one of the top reasons to do this. Now, according to Severud, if you really want to dig into the details of the GOP tax plan, I wish you well on that. And side note, my colleague at Syracuse.com, Michelle Breidenbach, wrote a piece today that takes a complicated tax plan and directly explains to you in simple layman terms how it affects you as a citizen, a resident, a taxpayer of Syracuse, New York, and Onondaga County. Those of you that have more than two children in particular, I would go read that. But everybody should read that. If you're a taxpayer, go read it because it will educate you on just exactly what this bill will do. I think, you know, as best as we know. So we did not stick to sports in that conversation, but we did stick to sports in that conversation because according to Syracuse University's Orange Club, that's the number two reason why you should do that because it's a tax write-off. And according to Severud, if this tax bill goes through as is, or at least he laid it out to John Kacko, why this could be a pretty bad idea. This is how things at a government level that you would think would not touch your distraction, okay? When people tell me to stick to sports and they get aggravated when sports and life mix, the number one thing that they circle back on and the reason they give me, and by the way, you're not wrong to say this, but what they always say is, come on, man, I listen to sports, I watch sports, I go to sports to get away from the world. Well, here's a case of what's happening in D.C., what's happening in the world will directly affect your distraction, will directly affect something you are passionate about, will directly affect sports, which is why we are in a world where when people say stick to sports, I will look at you and say, I can't do that anymore. The world is different. Now, primarily on this show, that's what we do. We talk about sports. But it is unavoidable today. It is unavoidable in this world where the president of the United States tweets about Colin Kaepernick and anthem protests and how life in sports, politics in sports, however you want to frame that, collide. The, 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 the idea that sports is this safe bubble people can sit in just doesn't exist anymore. So it's one thing when the president's spouting off on Twitter. This is something that is a Syracuse University sports fan, as somebody who invests in the program and considers that your support of Syracuse University, and I don't want to speak for you because everybody has different motivations to why they do this. But I'm wondering how people are feeling out there about this. Wait a minute. I like that tax write-off. I like supporting Syracuse University through athletics. And if that goes away, whoa, that's... I got something to think about at least, right? It's also, it's not the primary reason. It is certainly a reason, though, why the Carrier Dome renovation has gone at a snail's pace here. Now, the GOP tax plan and the details of this just emerged recently. The Carrier Dome renovation has been planned for years, so it's certainly not the reason. But when I have John Wildhack on the show on a pretty regular basis and his answer is due diligence, well, here's a reason why. This is a long-term project that if this tax bill goes through, now again, this is according to Severud, and one way or the other, things will change. How they fund that carrier dome renovation is going to change. So I think I can take a leap of faith there and say it's at least affected the conversation. But the carrier dome discussion has been going on for the past couple of years. But nice little monkey wrench got thrown into it here. So there you go, kids. Yay, democracy.
We'll see how this continues to go, and the debates are ensuing, and the vote is coming, and uh, our local congressman said he's going to vote for it. He's going to vote for this tax cut and the and the tax bill as it stands, and that has to go through the Senate, and I don't think you need me to give you a civics lesson. Sal Capaccio is going to join us in just a few minutes here, but I want to go to the phones before we take a break. 437-7644. Let's see what uh, Tom in Fremont thinks here on the block. Go ahead, Tom. Thanks, man. Two things. I don't want to get into specific specifics about that tax bill, but this is why your vote counts and you should vote. You really should because of things like this. And I just want to ask you something before I get off the phone. Sure. What do you think about the Qs uh, this Saturday? You know what? I think they've got a decent shot because it's a, it's a, two things. It's a game they have nothing to lose, right? It's a team like you're supposed to lose to, so you're, I think they're going to go out and just play loose and confident, and it's a neutral floor. If they were playing a Fog Allen Fieldhouse, Tom, appreciate the call, I'd have a little less confidence in this. The big thing, though, is the three-point line. They have to do what they can to slow down a Kansas team that has five guys that shoot over 35%, and they've got to hit some threes in this game. I think they've got a decent shot, though. Uh, am I going to, you know, for entertainment purposes only, put money on Syracuse to win this? No. But I think they got a decent shot. I really do. On that note, we'll break because our buddy Sal Capaccio will join us. And as Tom said, people, this is why you vote. Yay, democracy. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. As much as I enjoy a good quality 80s bump, hit me with that fancy open. It's hot take time. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do this. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for hot takes on the block. I think we're in a society where everything's the best this ever and greatest this ever, and we we lose perspective on history. But I do not hesitate to say that this may be the greatest parody song I've ever heard in my life. Now, I've mentioned our friends at Barstool Sports from time to time on this show. They're not really my cup of tea, but I get it. I understand it. They're very smart about what they do, who they target, and how they do it. It's not my thing, but hey, you go for it. Maybe it'll be my thing now because this is just brilliant. Now Greg never won the Big East Conference. So He almost came close once or twice. But he cried like a baby and kept losing to Navy. And then he blamed it all on Ray Rice. But he's paid his dues as the coordinator. He leads the Ohio State's D. His ego's humongous, and he lives in Columbus, and he thinks he can coach SEC. Sing us a song, you shadow man. Sing us a song tonight. Just a little snippet there from uh, PFT and, and Big Cat and other cats and... and Wacky guy in the morning and all the other people from Barstool. That that is brilliant. There's more. There's like two and a half more minutes of that. I can't play the whole thing, but by golly, that is fantastic. The Greg Schiano thing. I don't think that's new, by the way, that song. I think they kind of resurfaced it with the Tennessee debacle going on, which gets me into these are kind of, we, we, you can hit the button, but that's how stay on Schiano in this sense. Uh it is very considerate of Tennessee to give every other coach in college football a raise these days by linking your name to the Tennessee job. 
Dave Doran being the latest example of this, the NC State coach who didn't have much of a better record at NC State than Butch Jones did at Tennessee, who Tennessee fired. Tennessee, we all know the Shiano debacle and what happened there. And then Lane Kiffin didn't want the job. And we know John Gruden didn't want the job. And if you're a significant name in the college football world, apparently Kevin Sumlin is the new target here. They cannot get anybody to take this job. They can't, they can't do it. Everybody they've reached out to will be like, oh, what? Okay, well, can I get back to you on that? And then they hang up the phone and they call their athletic director and be like, oh, I got Tennessee line two. They're offering me $7.5 million. Damn. All right, well, we'll give you an extension. Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, Dave Dorn being the latest today. I think... Day, you know, if I am Dino Babers, I'm walking in a Wild Hacks office today and I'm like, listen, I got an offer from Tennessee. Boom, extension. Tennessee can't hire a coach, but they're giving several other coaches in college football nice fat extensions not to take the Tennessee job. How are things going down there in Knoxville? That's hot. No one wants that job. Herm Edwards got a college football job. Not there. He will be back at Arizona State. Okay. I mean, he's been around football a lot. I'll miss Herm saying don't hit send on ESPN, but here's Herm Edwards and why he thinks a return to college football is good for him. Because of the AD, Ray Anderson, and, and I've been involved in football. I know I've been, I sit here and talk about football, analyze football, uh, the pro side of it, but also the college side of it. And when you think about the draft, uh, I coach the Under Armour All-American game every year for eight years. Believe it or not, that is one of the funnest weeks I have every year. I look forward to coaching that game. Why? It's young, talented players that come out of high school. They're about to commit to go to college. I've dealt with these guys the last eight years. Uh, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, at heart, I'm still a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm always a coach. You've missed it. Absolutely. Kidding me? Yeah. And it has to be the right fit. You know, coaching is about fits. Yeah. And this is a place where, you know, Ray Anderson is there. I know the man. We have the same kind of philosophy on things we want to do. So I'm going to go down and have a conversation. And I know happens. that you've had, you've had conversations over the past several years with, with other yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly the right. first time. No, not okay. the first time. That's Herm Edwards. I think somebody was at the door during that conversation. The doorbell rang. Or was that Matt Lauer buzzing in? Let me out of here. Ooh, too soon. Too soon. That's hot. Too soon on that. But listen, college football is, it, look, John Gruden, Herm Edwards, No matter who takes the job at Tennessee, which at this point is going to be like, you know, the assistant running back coach for Indiana. But it's about recruiting. Can Herm Edwards recruit? He's great in the room. He's got a good message for young players. And, you know, I broke his chops a little bit there. In all seriousness, he has been involved in football. He's done camps. And, you know, this is a guy that never quite left the sport. He didn't just sit in Bristol, look at a screen and analyze it. He was involved in the sport. Can you recruit? Can you target the players you need to target? Arizona State, Pac-12, competing with UCLA and USC and Stanford and Washington and Washington State and all the programs that have certainly risen above Arizona State. Todd Graham didn't do that bad of a job there, considering what that job is. Herm Edwards, though, that's that's out of the box. I'll give you that. Uh, Speaking of coaches and where they're going, so none of us media hacks can figure out where Jimbo Fisher is going to go. Next, Texas A&M appears to be the destination. They're going to give them a nice fat contract to do so, but nobody in my line of work can get it out of Jimbo. So a fan went to Jimbo Fisher's radio show and tried to take matters into his own hands, and 
Well, it didn't go well. Very excited when you came on board with the program. Very excited to have you as the offensive coordinator. Very excited when you became the head coach. Yes, sir. It's been kind of a tough season. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching a lot of your press conferences and how you would talk about how we need to be committed to the program and keep cheering for the team. And we need to be talking about that, about loyalty to the program. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, where's the loyalty to the program, Jimbo? <laughs> it's here tonight. Also, okay, now what, uh, because this is radio, what is now happening is that fan is getting literally pushed out of the room. Which leads me to say this, what did that fan do that, now, there was a little snark in there. He clearly wanted to take a shot across the bow at Jimbo. This was not a... You know, uh, Jim, I'm wondering in this world of college football, uh, I am questioning where your loyalty lies. This was not, you know, like a calm discussion about the world of college football. I mean, there was a little taking a shot at him, and I encourage you to watch the video of that. But it doesn't deserve you to get shoved out of the room. Jimbo brings his cronies with him to shove somebody out of the room when that comes up. This is always an interesting time of the year for that. Because Jimbo... For, you know, the longer this goes, and Florida State apparently is like, you need to tell us what you're doing. Three big uh, recruits decommitted and opened up their recruiting. And Florida State's like, look, you got to tell us what's happening here. And the fact that he is using the game that they're playing this weekend against Louisiana Monroe, which, by the way, they rescheduled just so they could get that win and get to a bowl game, which if they don't win that game for some reason, will be the first time in 36 years Florida State doesn't go to a bowl game. But what was wrong with that question? Jimbo Fisher had his own words used against him. Asked Florida State fans for loyalty. They're asking for the same thing back. Now, in the world of college football, it's business. If Jimbo Fisher wants to take another job, that's his prerogative, especially with what Texas A&M is going to pay him to do so. This is America, and I certainly do not you know, disparage anybody for doing that, but This is why that message from college coaches can get diluted. It can get confusing. It can get, you know, it can get uh, hypocritical, frankly. Give me your loyalty. I will build this program up. What's that? Texas A&M online too? Eight million a year? What was I saying about loyalty? I never said that. That's hot. Paula Francesa. I never said that. Listen, I don't like to get worked up about awards. That whole controversy with Caitlyn Jenner and ESPN gave her the award that they did a couple years ago, which became a, a favorite talking point of the Sean Hannity's and the Rush Limbaugh's and the conservatives of the world. I said, who cares? Well, they should have given it to this guy over her. And okay, that's fine. But it's, it's an award at the ESPYs. We're not talking about something that like is earth shattering here, right? So on that note, I just find it interesting that a lot of of these end of the year, man of the year, big time awards are going to Colin Kaepernick. Now, Colin Kaepernick sacrificed an NFL career to get a message out there and probably is not going to play in this league again at the rate we're going here. And that is admirable in some ways, agree or disagree with that. But I'm watching all these awards pour in and I'm thinking to myself, J.J. Watt raised over $30 million for hurricane relief in Houston after that awful storm that tore people's lives apart, directly affected where people live, how they live, their health, their safety, by just using social media, just by getting on Twitter, just by getting something started, a positive use of social media. 
He raises over $30 million to help people. But we're giving awards to Colin Kaepernick because he started a discussion, took a knee, and made people socially aware. That's admirable in its own way, as much as I disagree with that anthem protest and have from day one. So, again, there are awards, and in the grand scheme of life, I don't like to argue about awards. Well, this guy should be the MVP over that guy. It's like, they're they're fun bar discussions, but they don't mean anything. But this one, I keep seeing them go to Kaepernick. The latest one, by the way, is not the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Sports Illustrated does, like, this big humanitarian award at the end of the season, and they gave it to him, and I'm just like, come on. Can we give J.J. Watt something? Now, J.J. Watt, no matter what, raised $30 million plus for hurricane relief and helped people. And he doesn't need a trophy on his mantle to remind him of that, but it'd be nice if he got a little recognition for it. That's hot. Kind of on the same realm. ESPN laid off 150 people yesterday. And for somebody in my line of work, that's not easy to hear because there was a time and and it still is the case But there was a time when you felt like you could land in Bristol, Connecticut, you could work at ESPN, and you would have a pretty good job for life or a period of time where you could make a nice, comfortable life for yourself and save up some money and feel like you've made it. I've worked hard. I've made it. And this is it. And that's still the case for a lot of people. And it's one thing to look at the front-facing talent, the people you see every day. And disagree with what they say if you are somebody who feels ESPN has become too liberal or too whatever and you don't watch anymore or you watch less of it or you have an opinion and you have every right to feel that way because there is some smoke where that fire is. But it really pisses me off when people take glee in ESPN losing subscribers, losing jobs, having to make pay cuts, having to lay people off because you disagree with the views of some of the personalities. There's, there's a line here. There's a humanitarian line here where I think we've got to draw and not cross. And too many people, some of which I called out on social media yesterday, took a, too much glee in 150, not only people, but families that now have to maybe move and look for new jobs. And in this media world we live in today, people that have worked there 20, 25, 30 years, anybody that's had a job in any line of work. And all the people that got laid off yesterday are behind-the-scenes people you've never met, you've never seen, but are critical to what happens there. Had their lives uprooted yesterday. If you take glee in something like that, you're pretty sick. On that note, I will leave you with the words of the general, Bob Lee, who had to say goodbye to those colleagues yesterday, and no one has worked there longer than him. If you've read the news today, oh boy, you know this company has been in the news over the last day. But 150 of our colleagues, our friends, in many cases, our career-long, decades-long friends were let go yesterday. It's the third time in 25 months that's happened here. You don't need to hear me tell you how lousy this is. Chances are you've seen this in your own lives. I want to tell you about one guy. What I say about him applies to everyone who was laid off. Without him and his years of selfless dedication, what you enjoy here watching and consuming ESPN on all the platforms. Without him, we wouldn't be in the position today to deliver this show and, frankly, anything to you. David Brofsky, senior coordinating producer. He oversaw Outside the Lines for eight years, eight of the 27 years he worked with ESPN. And, yes, at a classic Sports Center commercial, that's Dave holding Roger Clemens' glove, and then after the rocket roughs up one of our colleagues, he high-fives him as well. Old school. 
fun fiction. Here's a present-day truth. Dave's office is about 10 feet from where I write the show each day. And the parade of people through David's office yesterday, folks having heard the news, the volume of friends and visitors is a testament to the respect and affection with which he is universally regarded. There are dozens of such Bristol tales from yesterday. If you have any thoughts for any of these people, please include the words, thank you. You can watch and listen to Bob Lee break up on live television because he had to say goodbye to a friend yesterday. Then I wish you well in life. Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.